Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Jody McDonald, Glenn Mack now, Sunday morning, 94 WIP. Gilmore's Packers tonight. You can reach us at 215-529-9494. Best caller of the day is judged by our producer, Francisco Rojas. Wins a $50 gift card to Shy Vintage Sports. Um, I want to work some baseball in, Jody Mack. Cool. And Qu- I, uh, one quick question first before you do. What yeah. do you call our producer? Francisco Rojas. So you call him Francisco? Yeah. Okay. What do you call him? Well, uh, our buddy Ricky Ricardo calls him Cookie. Cookie Rojas. Oh, well, Cookie Rojas was a utility player, second baseman with the Phillies. And I think he ended up being a broadcaster for the Marlins, which might be why Ricky knows him better uh, back in the day. He was on that that infamous 64 team that uh, fell apart. I somewhere... I don't know what years he played, but he played later in 64 because I started collecting baseball cards in the late 60s and somewhere have a baseball card of Cookie Rojas in my attic. And all I remember about him is that he wore glasses. And when I was 10 years old, I found it very unusual for an athlete to wear glasses. Right. I think I had a Cookie Rojas with glasses baseball card in my collection at one point. I said, there you go. What happens if the ball bounces up and catches him in the glass? Yeah. He's well, he was a good glove man. So I Those guess same was... stupid lines that you do. Uh, no, the reason I ask is I think a couple weeks ago, and, and we, we love having Fran on as our producer. Because <laughs> I don't yeah, call him Fra- that's what he That's Franny what he told Rojas? me. He said most of his no, friends no call him Fran. That's okay. not true. It's a mix of Fran and Francisco. That's for whatever. Okay. You guys do and whatever no, you want. Name. You, you get, to, you you get want. to go by. But, you know. but no Frankie either. Uh, only Ricky's allowed to call well, him Frankie. Well, so, Jody, your name is Joseph, correct? The formal name, yes. Yeah. So, and people call you Jody. His no, name is Frank. Mr. Rojas can be called anything he wants. It's just I forget and I get confused. And then I call him something that he doesn't really get called by anybody else. Other than Ricardo, because I could call him Cookie, I guess. Uh, and I feel badly about it. So I was just checking with you to see what you called him so I don't call right. him something to annoy him down so the road because do. I've done it a couple times already. All right. So let's settle this. Mr. Rojas. Yes. By what name would you prefer to be called? Fran? Franny? I'm guessing not. Uh, no, definitely Francisco not Francisco or Cookie? You, you, or something else. And or we'll Frankie. No, Frank, Frankie. I usually don't allow Frankie, Frankie. Rogis. 
Uh, Frankie Red. You know what? How about you guys pick one of those three? I'll let you guys pick. See, he's done no, this to me no, before. Yeah, I no, ask him I, what he wants me to call him, and he goes, I don't know, you pick. And then I call him something else, and he goes, yeah, but I don't really go by that. So that's why I'm asking the question. Uh, I I like Francisco. I think that's a very cool name. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. You're right, Jody. He is it's being all, rather. It's all his. I just a little don't want to offend the guy, and I've already done it like four or five yeah. times. So uh, I'm wondering if I'm the only one. Uh, I'm going with Francisco. Or occasionally Franny when I want to annoy him. Or, or Cisco. Oh, he doesn't like that one either. Oh, why'd, you to, why'd you have to bring that up? All right. Uh, <laughs> the Cisco kid? Um, Francisco, did I, uh, when I sent you the notes yesterday, ask you to hold on to the sound one particular home run, or did I forget I, to do that? I got it right here. Let's play it. Two balls, two strikes to Bryce Harper. Suarez delivers. Swing and a drive. Left field. It's deep. It's going. Yes! And it is gone. Yes. yes. It is Bedlam at the bank as Bryce Harper has put the Phillies on top. Are you kidding me? His 10th career home run of the postseason. And he may never hit a bigger one. All right, Jody Mack. By that moment, joy was brought to the Delaware Valley. We moved toward onto the World Series. And um, Bryce Harper etched his name. Well, his name already was in the history of this town. But it's one of the biggest home runs we've ever seen. Yep. And enjoy it, because we're not going to get another one from him for quite a while. He underwent Tommy John surgery on Wednesday. Um, Optimistically, he could be back as the designated hitter by the All-Star break. That's July. Maybe return to play right field toward the end of the regular season, let's say September. Um With hitters, Tommy John surgery doesn't take you out as long as pitchers. We saw Otani a couple years ago get it in the 2019, and he was the DH seven months afterwards, so we hope that Harper follows a similar path. But they're going to need, I think, help in the outfield. Right now your outfield is Schwarber in left, Brandon Marsh in center. Uh, Right now it's Castellanos in right. Uh, you got Veerling. I'm not a big Veerling fan. Um, I'm uh, Nick Maton. I'm, that's it, right? That's what that's your outfield. So here's my th- here's my thought. Um, I'd rather see. I'd rather see. I, I, they got a lot of guys who play DH as part of the problem. So I'll stick with Schwarber and left Martian in center. And if I can open the season with Castellanos at DH until Harper gets back to me, I'm helping myself. So. I would like to see them go for another outfielder in free agency. Are you with me so far? Mm, possibly. Depends okay. on the player that okay. you're talking about. Fair. They're not going to go for Judge or Nimmo or Benintendi. They're not going to go for the big names. Um, they're not – they certainly, I hope, will not go for guys who can hit but not field like a like a Michael Brantley, right? That doesn't suit their purposes. No. So there are two names out there that I kind of like that I think could could help them – and I think are both on the affordable side. One, I'll give you the less exciting one for less controversial one first. Uh, Jerickson Profar, he's not a great hitter, but he makes contact. He takes walks. He's a very good defensive player. He can play all three outfield positions. He's got speed. Um, he's a lot of things they don't have. 
And I don't think he'll cost a ton or require a lot of years. He's on the youngish side for free agent. I think he's 29. Yep. I, I think that'd be a good signing for them. I like Profar as a player. Um, you mentioned the three outfield positions. He can also move back into the infield because that's who he came up yeah. with as, right. uh, as an infielder. So he gives you major flexibility. And the Padres kind of moved away from him as an infielder. He's been almost exclusively an outfielder the last year. Um, but uh, I don't know that that was by his choice or the Padres' choice. But I do know he wasn't a bad infielder when he was an infielder, so I'd like to add that value of we can plug and play wherever we need him, injuries happen and the like, and he's a real nice tool to have. It all depends on the price tag. I think there'll be some teams that will be willing to pay some pretty good money for a guy like him. Uh, to be either an everyday left fielder and or the jack-of-all-trades guy. If he fits into the Phillies' price range, I think he'd be an excellent addition. I like him a lot. Um, I'm just not sure. I think there are other teams that have a bigger role to be able to hand to him on a platter that might be more enticing if the price is the same uh, for uh, his services. Could happen. And listen, if he goes somewhere, gets a three, four-year deal at big – I don't even know it's big money anymore because it's all outrageous money. But if he goes and gets a, a long-term deal at big money, then I, I'm you're right. I'm not out. I'd love to give him two years, three max, maybe an option, and, and pay him moderate price. He has he did he's not coming off of a particularly good year, so maybe you'll be able to get him at at that kind of price. So that's that's one. The other one, which I know is more controversial, um, is Cody Bellinger. Now, hear me out here. He's coming off two bad seasons. We know that, and it may be that he never gets back what he was. The Dodgers just released him. He's a former MVP. Um, he had a great postseason in 2021, coming off of a bad year, heading into a bad year, but he did have that moment. Even if he can't hit, he's a gold glover. He's a terrific defensive player. He didn't lose that. He could steal a base. Um, maybe Kevin Long is the kind of guy who can fix him. Philly's batting coach, who they just re-upped, just brought back, really did some good work with Brandon Marsh. Maybe he can figure out what's wrong with Cody Bellinger. I will anticipate that you may say some team is going to pay him too much. And again, if that happens and some team says, you know, we're going to ignore your last two years and give you a three-year deal at too much money, then I'm out. But if I can get him on a a one-year prove-it deal or a one-year-with-an-option kind of deal, I he's how old is he? He's like 28. He's young. Um, He was so good. And he really fills a need for you, and I, he's the kind of guy I think it could be a real um, revival story here in Philadelphia. Like it. He fits on a bunch of different levels. Let me once again be the uh, Grinch that stole possibilities for the Phillies. Yeah, here's what I think is going to happen with Cody Bellinger. He is going to sign a one-year deal with a team for in excess of $20 million per. Mm -hmm. I think a team will say, listen, Cody, you don't know. We don't know. Uh, We we know that you've won an MVP. We know what is possible, but we haven't seen close to that in the last two years. We're willing to throw a bunch of money at you on a short-term deal, 
and have you come in here and be like maybe our best player. Uh, that we want you to come in and go nuts. And then, yeah, surely we're going to talk about extending you. But if not, you're going to go back out onto the open market and you get all the money that you want. Uh, I'll give you an even a for instance as a team, an Arizona Diamondback team that's done nothing the last couple of years, have brought their payroll down, they trade Goldschmidt. They go back into the market and say, let's do a one-year big buck because that's the only way to get a guy to come to a bad team like Arizona right now and make him our centerpiece. That's what I think is going to happen with Cody Bellinger. If I'm wrong, then, yeah, the Phillies absolutely should have interest because not only can he play the outfield, he also can play first base. And one of my major goals this offseason is to get Reese Hoskins off first base. I want to keep Reese Hoskins. I'll live with the up-and-down offense that is Reese Hoskins because when it's up, it's great. The down is just what you have to ride through, but I can't watch him play first base more. I just can't. Are you more intent in getting Reese Hoskins off of first than you are in getting Castellanos out of right? Yes. I know Castellanos made those two plays in the world. He's got that one play down. Where you can he rush made, in and catch the ball. three times in post. The end three, of the regular season and two in postseason. Oh, okay. He's got the go. sliding left hand yeah, yeah, out that's, that's catch it. down pat. He's yeah. great at it. Yeah, often because he gets a bad break on the ball and has to do that. But nonetheless, he's got that. But I think he's – you know what? I mean, we're talking about the difference of getting mumps or measles, I suppose, here, which one you want to get out of the field. I'll take either of them off the field. And to me, if I can take Castellanos, that's great. If if it ends up that they play Bellinger at first and they move Hoskins to DH, I would not object to that much either. Yeah, somebody may do that. Um, and I don't know who's going to do that. And the Diamondbacks are certainly a candidate to do that. Um, but, I mean, Middleton, it's easy for me to tell Middleton where to spend his $18, 20000000 million. But to me, this is a name that could really pay off in the long run, and given the uncertainty, and we hate saying it, but the uncertainty of Harper, when's he coming back? How is he coming back? Is he going to have an effective season? Um, I Do we agree that you cannot go into next year without adding something at first base or outfield? You, you got you, you to you, you find a way to replace Harper. Agreed? Agreed. And okay. I, I floated this one. And mine is going to come much less expensively than Cody Bellinger. I'd like to see them get a first baseman who they can throw out there and make Reese Hoskins basically the designated hitter until Harper, Harper comes back. That would be okay with me. And, oh, by the way, when they had their postseason media availability, I think that Dave Dombrowski kind of hinted at that that he talked about Hoskins and he worked so hard, but he's had his issue at first base. I think he kind of opened the door to, yeah, we'd really like to get someone who can catch the ball at first base. I'll give you a name. Eric Hosmer. Hosmer he can signed, field. He's going flat out field. He signed that big buck deal with the Padres. Didn't do as well coming over for Kansas City as the Padres expected. He was traded at the trade deadline. He was supposed to go to Washington in the big Soto uh, Bell deal. He's got a no-trade clause in his contract, oh, yeah. and he Turn said, no, 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 no. I don't want to go to the lousy stake of Nationals. No, thank you. So they worked hard to get him elsewhere because they didn't want to have the new guys come in and this $13 million a year guy who's told, yeah, you're never going to play anymore. So they end up trading him to the Red Sox, 
which didn't make a whole hell of a lot of sense because the Red Sox had some first-base candidates. They've got a young kid, left-handed hitting kid, Cassis, that they want to turn the job over to. So he's still on their roster. And, oh, by the way, the Padres are paying 12 out of his $13 million. He's only making the major league minimum from the Red Sox. So that's why he's still viable as a trade chip. Now, the Red Sox gave up a marginal prospect in exchange for him. They can't expect anything more than a marginal prospect in return. Bring him to Philadelphia. His wife is an ex-Fox 29 host. Ooh. She's a Philly girl. By the Her way, parents... very good pull by you, that that local relationship. I was unaware of that. Correct. And her parents still live here in uh, Pennsylvania. So there's a tie here to come to Philly. If he's going to be a part-time player, and that's all he's going to be with the Red Sox, and the Phillies tell him, listen, we're going to stick in first space. When Bryce comes back, we're going to make it up as we go along. Though, no, not guaranteeing you 550 at-bats, but – Come here. We're planning on playing your first base for the first three months of the season pretty much every day. Uh, you can get him for a song. You don't have to pay him squat. I think he'd be a guy that I would look to add. Um, he didn't 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 do as well as expected in San Diego. I'm not telling you he's going back to uh, his Kansas City days, but he's a viable everyday first baseman for half a season. That's a deal I would look at it if I were Dombrowski. Um it's okay. He doesn't. He doesn't have as much upside, uh, potential upside, as uh, Bellinger or I think oh, no. even Profar, who are younger. You're right. He's free, which is which is a big attraction. You get to go through the supermarket if, and take something get, for free. If you that's get good. Turner and Turner and or Bogarts free will be will be very nice in another position. Yeah, I I hear that. I you know again, if you're Dave Middleton and you got to figure out how to do it, you want to add some starting pitching and you need to add a relief pitcher as well. You don't want to spend money on this particular shortcoming thinking well i'm eventually going to have harper back i see the argument for hosmer i don't hate the argument for hosmer um i still and he's a left-handed bat like ballinger i still personally would i i like the upside of a guy like ballinger or i like the flexibility and skill set of um my guy my other guy bogarts because not Bogarts, I'm sorry, Profar. Profar. Xander Bogarts and Jerickson Profar are just two weird names. Uh, of Profar, um, because I think that he would give the Phillies a lot of things they don't have. So, But I wouldn't be bent out of shape. So we're not – you have no interest in – and I'm trying to think of the Conforto, A.J. Pollock, uh, Kevin Kiermeyer. none of those guys do anything for you. No. Kiermaier is phenomenal in center field. He might be the best defensive center fielder in baseball, but you've you've kind of cast your lot in center field at least yeah. for next year. Yep. So it all comes down to when you're acting. So I think that kind of squeezes a guy like Kiermaier out. I like both your suggestions, Mac. They both make a lot of sense. It's you got to tie it to the other moves they're going to make. That's what Dombrowski's got to do. We can look at things individually, but I think he's going to have – a uh, specific amount that he can do this offseason. He did say in the media session that they're going to push the needle, which means their payroll is going to be even bigger next year than it was this year. But are you going to have to go to high 30s to get a shortstop done? Yes. If you do, yes. there's going to have to be trimming in other areas uh, of overall free agency payouts. I don't know if I asked you this. I think I may have, but I'll ask you it again. How do you rank those four free agent shortstops? I did ask for, you, but for I still the Phillies or overall, for the Phils, for the Phillies, 
For the Phillies, Turner one, Bogarts two, Swanson three, Correa four. Just because Correa's signing is going to be hard because it's Boros and he already landed him for one year with opt-out so he could go back in, it's going to be a royal pain in the butt. He's arguably as talented as either of the yeah, other I love two, I love but him. I just think he's a bad fit here in Philadelphia, so I would put him fourth. I would put Turner one, Correa two. I hear what you say about Boris, but they've signed Boris guys before. Um, uh, Swanson four, and who am I forgetting is three? Who's the other one? Is Bogarts. Bogarts. Yeah, Bogarts and three, Dombrowski, Correa four. Yeah. The, they got Dombrowski, a connection. Yep. Dombrowski has the Bogarts connection, and I think that's real. If Turner's price gets outrageous for even the Phillies, who I think are going to be one of the top bidders, I would bet good money Bogarts is the fallback position. Okay. Well, you know what? It's not a bad fallback position at all, is it? No, not at all. <laughs> certainly take it. Hey, by the way, coming up at noon, we're going to talk to Zach Berman of The uh, Athletic about the Eagles game tonight. And we are ready to take your calls. 215-592-9494. Best caller of the day gets a $50 gift card to Shy Finish Sports. And uh, Franny, my sense is we have not yet had a caller that's running away with it. Am I correct? Yeah, like, I need I need better ones. Yeah. Yeah, it's wide open. So, And by the way, that's fun stuff, that shy stuff. Uh, Jody McDonald, Glenn Mack now on 94 WIP. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast baseball is back and so is mlb.tv watch every out-of-market regular season game on your favorite streaming devices anywhere anytime all season long follow the action live or on demand Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. 
Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. 215-592-9494. Jody McDonald, Glenn Mack, now Eagles Packers tonight. Sunday night football at uh, Lincoln Financial Field. Should be raucous. Eagles against the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. We talked some about that before. We'll, we'll get back into it. But Aaron in Norristown has got, I believe, just a hunch, a beef about the Flyers. Good morning, guys. How you doing? Hey, Aaron. Hey. Good. I hope you give me a minute to talk about this. First of all, they are no longer the Philadelphia Flyers. That is our team, and they are holding it in trust. In my opinion, I'm just going to call them the Comcast hockey team until they figure this out. I mean, the owner of the 76ers is doing a better job with the Devils this 2017 draft when we drafted Patrick and they had the number one pick than we're doing. He is doing a better job with the Devils than Comcast is doing with the Flyers. This is so bad that it's just it, it, it's incorrigible that they continue on this path without any responsibility to the general manager, the ownership. And, and I don't know how much we're supposed to deal with this anymore. It's got to end. I mean, I thought the Jay Snyder years were bad, but I pray for the Jay Snyder years compared to what we're dealing with right now. I mean, this, they, they're not the Philadelphia Flyers. So Comcast figures it out. They're deep. It's the Comcast hockey team. When you want to give it back to us, I'll start calling you the Flyers again. But you want it. It's your team. I have won nothing to do with what that ownership group is doing with this team. Glenn, I know you're a big hockey guy. I want to know what you think. I think you said it brilliantly. I, I, the, the only quibble I would have you with you is uh, at least the Jay Snyder years got you Eric Lindros, although. Well, I said I'd I, pray for those years. Yeah, <laughs> the trade worked out well for Colorado as well. So, you know, or the Quebec, which became Colorado. Um, it is disgusting and despicable, and this has been a great hockey town since the Flyers entered the league, or at least since the 1970s when the Flyers burst on the scene with the Broad Street Bullies and you had Gene Hart in that era. Uh, through Bobby Clark and Bernie Perrant into the prop Kerr era, into the you know the 80s and the 90s and Lindorus Leclerc era, and even past that, and Roenick and so on. And it is a franchise that has a tremendously proud history, uh, had a great identity for decades, and had one of the most fervent, loyal fan bases, um, certainly of any team in the NHL, and maybe considering hockey's placement, among the four major sports, it had an impressive uh, fan base um, that that appreciated that was appreciated by ownership and appreciated the ownership that Ed Snyder gave it. Even as we complained about Ed Snyder doing this and that, Ed Snyder was one of the great owners in sports. Um, it generally had good management. Yeah. Um, they always played hard. That was the hallmark of the team. They never embarrassed you. They always put on a good product. They didn't junk it up with stupid mascots. And what you have seen over the course of the last, when do you want to say, five years is... Um, and, longer and, than that. Well, maybe yeah. it is longer than that, but, I mean, I'm just, whatever. How many of you want to say what yeah. you've seen is a dismantling of a proud and glorious franchise that has chased away that fan base, and it is despicable what has happened. So, Aaron... I agree with everything you said, and you said it brilliantly. Jody, I, you know, if you want to add or disagree, please do. I do, um, and I'm not the hockey guy that you are, but I, I think I got a pretty good read on this, and I'm sorry to say I do think I was right. Uh, present day and taking the past into today. Present day, 
They hired Tortorella because he would drive interest, because he was an outspoken guy, because he could grab headlines on now websites rather than newspapers. That's not what you want to do. you got to hire someone who fits your organization, who fits the roster that you have, and I just didn't think Tortorella was that guy. So that was just another bad sign for me as to where the Flyers sit as of right now. Um, you got here to Philadelphia just slightly before I did, but we've both been here 30-plus years. And the guy who epitomizes the Flyers for me during my 30 years, which is post-Broad Street Bullies, but kept an aspect of that while transitioning into what the National Hockey League has become has always been Rod Brindamore. Mm-hmm. I went down to yeah. Flyers games in the 90s, and there were more Flyer Phillies, uh, and when I say Philly, I mean female fans, um, wearing Rod Brindamore's jersey than any other player. More than Lindros, more than LeClaire, more than Rod Brindamore's jerseys were worn by more female Philly fans, Flyer fans, than anybody else. And Rod Brindamore's face looked like a train wreck. He was always, his nose was on the left side of his face. He just, he epitomized the tie, which should have been the transition from the Board Street Bullies to the new National Hockey League because Ye was tough, Ye was gritty, but Ye was skilled too. And he could score a key goal at a key time. When was the last time the Flyers had a Rod Brindamore, Macman? Uh, well, no, they hey, have, I, they may, I agree with you, Jody. If I may add one more thing. The Flyers started the sports revivalry in the early 70s. Um, when before any of the other teams were good in the golden age of Philadelphia sports, from '73 to '85, when we were in most of, in every sport, we were in contention for 12 years. We were in so many finals and conference finals. That team epitomized and had the heart and soul of the city. They literally taking the one heart and soul of more than any other franchise and ripped our heart and soul with a general manager who now has five 10-game losing streaks. Yeah. Which is literally impossible to do. It is so unacceptable. They are not the Flyers. They are the Comcast hockey team. Let us know when we can have our team back. Sell the damn team to somebody who cares about hockey because hockey is different than the other three sports. It is a fan-based oriented sport, and you have lost your fan base. Aaron, it's a great rant. Good job. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Um, I I, I saw yesterday or the day before on Twitter, it was the anniversary of um, Ron Hextall getting fired as general manager. And, um, you know, he made a lot of mistakes. Um, Fletcher has now been there here, I believe, as long or longer than Hextall. And Fletcher's made every wrong move. Um, And they're going to have to fire him at the end of the year. And they're going to have to start all over. And I have no faith, no faith, I mean, kind of mirroring what Aaron is saying, that this ownership is going to get it right in the next guy they hire. It's it's really a shame because, I mean, I'm going to start repeating myself. All these years, such a vibrant, important, relevant franchise. And big within the league, Jody, right? You grew up in New York. The Flyers meant something. I grew up in Buffalo. The Flyers were an important team. Whether you loved them or hate them, and you probably hated them, they matter. There are franchises in sports that matter. You know them, right? I mean, the Cowboys, good or bad, the Cowboys matter. Um, You know, I mean, we we can go through them, and you know what they are. The Flyers were one of those teams, and now the Flyers – the Flyers are the Columbus Blue Jackets of the East Coast, and that should not be. But do you need me to put a smile on your face, Mac Man? It doesn't hurt. The Green Bay Packers were once that franchise in the National Football League. They are not that this year coming to town to take on the Eagles. (laughs) 
that's, that's true. Hey, um, I have no other place to fit this in, so I'll ask you this now. Are you or anyone in your family watching the World Cup? My daughter is, yes. Is that right? Yeah, because she's got, uh, I said this a couple of times on my solo shows, on uh, elsewhere and here on WIP during the week. I was ready when my daughter was born 20-some-odd years ago to become a soccer dad. I was never a soccer guy, didn't play soccer, didn't follow soccer, um, but uh, it was a young up-and-coming sport. My daughter was born, and I was ready to get out there and scream and yell and stand on the sidelines. She just never chose it. She didn't choose to become a soccer player. A lot of her basketball-playing friends and teammates were also soccer players. So she's always gone to soccer games and followed soccer because of her friends. She never played, never wanted to play, never uh, got out on the pitch. But she is a quasi-soccer follower because of her friends. So, yes, she is following the World Cup. Oh, nice. Um, I've watched a little bit. Um, I, I mean, you know, there's no secret that I'm not a soccer fan, uh, nor am likely to become one. But I do love a world event. Um, my son was in for the weekend. My son Ted was in from Boston for the for um, Thanksgiving, and his son, my grandson, is very into it. He's not even particularly a, a, a soccer fan. I guess he he does play some soccer, but he. He loved the pageantry of and the countries and the so on. And he knows all the he's looking at the globe, at the countries and so on. And he's watching all the uniforms and so on. It is a great spectacle. It really is. It's it's as I guess, second only to the Olympics and maybe as good just in terms of being everybody's there. And one day the United States is playing well and now they're going to play Iran. And I just I kind of like that aspect of it. I think I if the, I know this is going to I hope I'm not going to insult soccer fans. I love everything about it except the actual soccer uh i know where you're coming from i'll go ahead and upset soccer fans here all that said everything you just said being exactly right the pageantry the world aspect and then you get a nil nil tie it just i'm sorry it deflates deflates me that they played to zero zero and very quickly, my overall rant on soccer is the fact that you don't know how much time is left in the game. When we get to the end of the game, the referees know on the field and nobody else does. There's no clock telling you how much is left. And the explanation of, well, that's the way they've always done it just right. doesn't hold no. any water for me. No, dumb. That and the diving, which I saw the other day. But again, I, I don't want to turn off soccer fans or make them angry because I appreciate the event as a world event. It is very cool to see. So there you go. Same here. We, we tread a fine line on that one, Jody. We do. You and I have been talking about in the 90s. It was going to be the next big thing oh, yeah. here oh, in yeah. the USA, which yeah. it didn't quite ever become. And then the aughts, because as you said, that's appropriate because it's always 0-0. Zero, zero. that <laughs> Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. We have a good. We've actually worked all the sports in today. Certainly, our main focus is on football, which we want to continue, and we want to talk to you, Jody McDonald, Glenn Mack. Now ninety four WIP. Jody McDonald, Glenn Mack. Now ninety four WIP. We watched the Eagles against Indy last week, Jody Mack, and um, it was a great final drive by Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. It was not a particularly great offense for the first three quarters, and a good part of that, as we know, is that they lost uh, Dallas Goddard, who was having a terrific season. So, 
given, well, I'll ask you, do you anticipate you're going to get much of anything from the three tight ends left on the roster? Uh, Goddard like no chance. Enough that you can call on others to replace him and they're just a kind of a side aspect of the offense. Yeah, I think they should be able to keep up okay. the type of offense they were playing. And I'm going to point at one particular guy, and this might not go over well. A.J. Brown has not played extremely well. After he set the bar as high as he did in the first six or seven games, we may have come to expect that every game. And there's a good couple of weeks in a row where he hasn't had many bust-out plays, including one, and I got some pushback on this one when I was on WIP during the week. Uh, The fumble that he had the other day, that could have cost the Eagles the game. Now they were able to get the ball back, and Jalen went down and scored the game-winning touchdown. But that could have been a disastrous fumble he had. Was a very unlike A.J. Brown play. The guy's got flat-out sprinter speed. And, oh, by the way, he swole Batman. So when he catches it, he's supposed to run over defensive backs. He catches a ball coming across the middle in full stride, and he dead stops to try and make a move on a defensive back? That's not A.J. Brown. Now, the the linebacker made a great play and punched the ball out, but the only reason he was capable of doing that was because A.J. Brown stopped on his own and tried to get too fancy and too cool. So if I'm looking for someone to replace Dallas Goddard today, his name's A.J. Brown. He is due for a big game and he might have a bust-out performance against a less-than-stellar secondary for the Packers. Well, very interesting you said that, because where I was going to take that was, given that I don't think the three tight ends are going to give you any production, who has to make it up? And there were two names I was going to ask you, and one was A.J. Brown, and yes, he has not played uh, in the last few weeks as he did over the course of the first eight games. Now, um, a couple weeks ago in the game, he hurt his uh, ankle, Yep, And so it's like, okay, that happens. And I think he may have still been dealing with that last week. I'll take a little bit of a downturn, but, yes, he needs to get back to as great as he was. That's important. Now, I don't know if you saw this. I'm sure you did because you do your um, – your, your, it's not a podcast. What do you call that show? YouTube show, Birds Thank 365. You. Yeah, you do your YouTube show, Birds 365, all the time. So I'm sure you guys discussed that he had the stomach bug this week. Um, and he missed practice on Thursday – he said, my Thanksgiving wasn't the best, man. I stayed in bed all day. <laughs> he wasn't able to eat all day on Thursday. He uh, had not eaten as a Friday afternoon when reporters kind of caught up with him in practice. I imagine he's going to get a lot of hydrating, a lot of rest, some IVs, the whole thing. And so you hope. On Friday, he said, on a scale of 1 to 10, I'm about a 3. Jody, i got to tell you, if I had that, whatever he had, I don't know if it was food poisoning or whatever, I'm not recovered by Sunday, but I am not an elite athlete at the age of 25, so that's a different story. I agree. He's one of the two that you really got to – he's really got to pick it up in the absence of your tight end because those three guys are going to give you nothing. I don't don't think Stoll and um, Jackson and uh, Calcaterra are going to give you anything. Uh, and the other guy I think they got to start to find is Devontae Smith. Now, he had the one game back in week three 
where he was it's 169 yards and a touchdown. He was unbelievable, right? And that's the guy uh, we want to see. And, and to me, A.J. Brown's talent opens it up a little bit for Devontae Smith. He's only had four games this season where he's cleared 50 yards receiving. Um, early against the Colts, I thought Hertz was looking for him. Yep. And But it, nothing really panned out that much. With Goddard out, and he's out at least another three games, I do think that if I'm playing defense against the Eagles, the number one guy I want to cover, make sure to cover, is A.J. Brown. So maybe, just maybe, that means that Devontae Smith can be more a part of the offense. Um, I'm that's That's what I'm hoping. He did have six catches for seventy-eight yards last week, so yeah, he. I think he held his uh, held up his end of the bargain last week. For me, AJ Brown did not. So you, you're right. You'd like to see even more because you believe that hundred and plus yard uh, game is in there. Uh, I'll take over fifty, which he finally got last week, which he hadn't done for four or five consecutive weeks. If yeah. you're making an overall statement about the overall year, statement, I'm talking AJ. about the next few weeks. I want him to be, we've seen, we've seen signs of greatness for him from him. This is the opportunity to like, th- this is the moment. All right. This is not cut and dry, but sometimes the Eagle fans that you and I talk to on our phones here on WIP want to try and make it that if it's an either or situation, Throw it more, more to A.J., more to Devontae, or more to Miles Sanders. And maybe a little touch of Boston Scott, although I'm still trying to figure out how Boston Scott became the (laughs) closer last week. Three consecutive handoffs. That still kind of boggles my mind. Uh, Maybe a little bit more in the the, the bulk of the game rather than at the very end of when it's hanging in the balance. Hey, you haven't played for three quarters. So get in there and make the three biggest plays of the game. Um, Which would you prefer to see the Eagles do tonight? Throw it to their wide receivers more and more efficiently or revert to last year. All right, Green Bay, here we come. We're going to run it right down your throats, and there's nothing you can do about it because we got the best offensive line in football. Well, you brought this up early in the show. Uh, what do the Packers do well, and what do they do poorly on defense? They are. And see, here's the reason why I'll, I'll quote the numbers the same as you did, but I always take this with a grain of salt. If a team is bad at one thing, it affects the other. And you never really know yeah, unless yeah, you're going to yeah. break down make, game film yeah, every single yeah. week on what they do. If uh, if a team's bad against the run, well, then other teams are going to pick up on that quickly enough in the season, and they're going to do it, and they're going to take advantage of it. So, therefore, the passing stats against them look good because nobody's trying to pass it against them because they're choosing to run the ball against them. So I don't know which came first, the chicken or the egg. Are their passing stats, the yards against them per game, one of the better ones in the National Football League because they stink against the run? Or do teams run it against them because they know they can't pass it against them because they're at good defensively? All I know is the numbers are the numbers, and we're now uh, 12 weeks into the season. So I would say the numbers hold water. And if I were the Eagles, I'd be willing to run the football a lot tonight. Yeah, I uh, don't disagree with you. And, and Sanders got a little bit lost in last week's game. I think he had 13 carries, and I think he averaged like three and a half yards a carry, which for he's he's been averaging five yards a carry throughout the year, and he's on pace for whatever, more than 1,200 yards. So, yes, this is a great opportunity for him tonight 
to really put uh, some yards on Green Bay, maybe a touchdown or two if you're playing your fantasy football. Uh, I'll mention another thing. I'll split the difference a little bit. He is not a part of the passing offense at all. And with Goddard out. Who, Miles? Yeah. Can, I think he's caught 12 passes this year. Hmm? But the biggest play of the game was a pass to Miles Sanders. <laughs> he didn't okay. catch it. Yeah. He drew a 30-plus yard penalty on yeah. it and did a nice great. job coming back to the football and selling it. He did. But at least they did attempt a pass to Miles Sanders. Because I said the same thing as you. How are they going to fill in for Dallas Goddard before the game? And I said, let's see if they throw the ball to the backs out of the backfield more because it really hasn't been a part of their offense this year. Mac, I, I crunched the numbers. They've only thrown to the backs like, 36 times all year in the first 11 games. Attempts. Attempts. Pass attempts. Targets. Not completions, but attempts. Last year, year, 90 for the season. Yeah. So they're on pace this year to only target backs 50-some-odd times, which is a major drop-off. Why do you think that is? I don't – I really don't know. I mean, you know, the the argument in favor is because – you have more weapons at wide receiver in A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard, so you don't have to do it. The answer that I don't – the question I would ask without knowing the answer, is it because Jalen Hurts isn't particularly good at it? I See, I brought that up. I said that, and I got a lot – again, a lot of pushback. I'm getting a lot of pushback these days. You can't say that. Oh, I – you're there practice every know. single day. I can only judge by the games, and they haven't called those plays much at all this year. There's a reason for that, and I get it. You got A.J. Brown. You added A.J. Brown, which is going to take just pass attempts away from your running backs, but it truly hasn't been a big part of the Eagles' offense this year. No. Um, and I'll give, you, I'll give you the other And now you have more reason to do it. Goddard out. You have, you have better reason to do it. I'll give you the other explanation uh, that my partner, other partner, John McMullen said, and I think Uh it holds water. They got Jalen Hurts. So if you are going to look for a six or seven yard play on third and four, just go ahead and let Jalen take off rather than, yeah, we'll actually have to risk it. Some can have, could get tipped. The guys could drop the ball. You think it's going to be an effective play? Or we could just let Jalen run with it. Here's the only reason why I don't think that's the complete answer. Jalen was a quarterback last year, too, and they still threw it 90 times. And Jalen could run last year, too, and they still threw it 90 times. I don't know that it's, well, we'll let Jalen do it because he's as good at it uh, running the football as he is, but maybe that's part of their line of thinking. Well, maybe, but I will use a screen pass other than on third and four, right? There's nothing wrong with a first down screen pass or a second down screen pass, and I don't need Jalen to run more than he's running, um, right? One of the things that they cut down over the course of this season is how many times he's run. He ran a lot last week toward the end because they needed it, and that was good. It worked. But if you remember, the first week or two, he was getting like 18, 15 carries a game, and no, nobody mm-hmm. wants that. So I don't know. But here's, uh, you know, the history of the Eagles, and I understand this is not Andy Reid coaching, and this is, you know, this is, we have different coaches now than we have. But from LaShawn McCoy to Deuce Staley to Ricky Waters to whoever, keep going back, this – the. They've always, we've always had running backs who could catch the ball and run. I don't know that the answer is they don't have faith that Miles Sanders can do it, but I think it's a great play. And here's the thing, Jody. Coming up next, we got Zach Berman from The Athletic. 
and I'm going to put the ball on the tee and ask you to hit it so that he can answer that very question because I bet he's got a good opinion. And I just want to add one more. Maybe the best during my 30 years in Philadelphia catching the ball out of the backfield, and nobody thought they could do it when they drafted him out of Ohio State. Oh, okay, yeah. Keep Byers. It was great. It was great great catching the ball out of the backfield because he would invite contact. He he wasn't a scat back, what we thought of, what we think of now in the NFL, a running back to catch the ball out of the backfield. Oh, that wasn't Byers. Byers would just catch it and then power past tacklers and turn it up the field and get first downs. He was a fullback in the best sense of the word. And I left out the other guy who was the other best guy, which was Brian Westbrook. That's very true. Who I believe caught 90 passes one year or something. Other than Zach Ertz. No one has caught more passes in one season for the Eagles than Brian Westbrook. So let me not ignore his greatness. That's why I can't say that Donovan McNabb was very good at it because I kind of think it was Brian Westbrook was very good at it. I I don't know that it was great Donovan reads and or touch passes and or leading him. Westbrook was just that good. Just get it to him, Donovan, and we'll uh, turn it into a big uh, play. He'll make guys miss, and he always did. Yeah, love that player. 215-592-9494. 215-592-9494. We will get Zach Berman. We'll ask him that and all kinds of other things coming up. Jody McDonald, Glenn Mack now. Sunday, as morning turns after into afternoon on 94 WIP. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.